Sex Communication, a podcast of explicit audio and frank conversation. How do we talk about sex? How do we communicate during sex? Well, if you're here now, then you're going to find out. My name is Brianne McGuire, and each week I share an uncensored peek into the things we don't discuss. Sex. 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 I can't say the word sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 100. Can you believe we've had 100 episodes so far? It feels like it just started. Anyway, uh, we're in season two, second month, and my interview today is one of my favorites so far. Like, inclusive of the entire 100 episode catalog, this is really one of the, the top conversations. My guest is Lydia, a woman who is an artist, a sex worker, she's trans, she's poly, she's so many things. And we had so very many <laughs> things to talk about. Um, so this conversation does exceed the hour mark by just a bit, but I assure you it is worth it. Uh, she's just a wealth of information and is also extremely thoughtful about sex and uh, shares my interest and care for the topic. So, you know, it was a real pleasure to speak so intimately with somebody that really kind of values the subject as much as I as I do. And also just her glut of experience is just, I mean, we could have talked for hours. But anyway, let's get to it. A lot to cover. And we'll talk later. Well, hello, Lydia. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm actually really good. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Mm. Um, <coughs> I, uh, I grew up in the arts, um, and that's my primary like activity. Everything I do is very artistically related. Um, I discovered uh, the sex-positive community um, sort of gradually, you know, first through the queer community, then the kink community, and then the sex positive community. And, um, and it's really like home for me. Um, uh, yeah, uh, my family was, uh, um, at first very confused as to why everything seemed to be about sex with me mm-hmm. like all my art was all about sex and like I, polyamory was um it just seemed like it was constantly on my mind mm-hmm. um and i i recognized that uh, maybe it's a generational thing but also i just recognized that you know sex isn't thrilling and exciting for everybody it's sort of like a private thing that's just sort of more not perfunctory, but, you know, just like, it's just part of life as yeah. opposed to something that to be passionate about, which I very much am. So it, I mean, it does sound already like you're describing there is a, a difference between the way you view sex and the way your family does or mm-hmm. your immediate family rather. Mm-hmm. So did you, when you were growing up and sex was introduced to you, was it something that was introduced because you came across it in media or friends or school or something like your parents sat you down and um, I had a very, uh, my parents were new age, um, and I had a very, um, sort of free range upbringing. Um, and so my, and my family sort of sees themselves as very progressive. 
and so education wise they you know you know did what they thought was um, appropriate sex education um, but I didn't really come across um, I think it was when I was introduced to porn through a friend of mine that I think like my system started to conceptualize of sex as more than a functional thing. Hmm. Uh, my family are, are nudists, which my therapists are always surprised by. Like I've been in therapy for, you know, like however long, you know, like a year and a half. And I mentioned that my parents are nudists and my, my th therapist is just like, why haven't I heard this yet? And so I make sure to mention it now because apparently it's like this huge thing where it was just very mundane for me. Um, uh, yeah. So, but did you grow up being nude as well or, mm -hmm. and do you, do you still, do you feel like you're a nudist now or do you consider yourself to be? Say, I would say so. Um, I, there's a big distinction between sort of like functional nudity and like political nudity. Hmm. Um, there are some communities that like they go to these places to, you know, it's like exercise their nudist, you know, desires and it's 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 kind of in your face mm. about it and, and and like it's so natural and and your clothes are bad and <laughs> and 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 if we're gonna be in a nudist space then everyone has to take off their clothes and it can't be just like ad hoc or whatever um and i find that hilarious mm. um uh i was performing for a, the a naked comedy show which is not about nudism at all. But it's, is every comic nude? Yeah. Okay. But the idea is to play off the idea of every comic's nightmare of performing for an audience nude. Right. Um, and um, this was the opposite for me because I wasn't a, really a, an established comic. Um, and so I was like, performing naked, no problem. <laughs> Trying to be funny? <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> but we... we um, the, the advertisement got to this sort of community of nudists and they came to the show and when they learned that not everyone was going to be nude, <laughs> they had such a stink about it. It was so strange. Did they try to protest during the show or like make no, some sort of... No, but they, they, were, they were disgruntled. <laughs> and I assume they arrived nude, of course, right? Well, well uh, I mean, like maybe with some sort of outerwear to get. It was, I think it was cold. Um, <laughs> they arrived in regular street attire and then dressed down once they were in the venue. <laughs> is that what it's calling? I mean, is that what it's called? Dressing down, not disrobing or getting undressed? What, you can say whatever you I like. Want, it feels like now that I'm hearing you say it with this background, it sounds like a very official. This is how in the nudist community that we refer to it, we say dressing down. That's very possible. <laughs> you know, I'm not like in the nudist community per se. I just happen to like be a nudist. It's so it's a funny distinction. <laughs> do you have roommates? Uh, no, but when I do, I tend to be the nakedest one of the bunch. Um, yeah, I haven't had roommates in a long time. <laughs> um, I lived with uh, a girlfriend once and we were definitely naked all the time. Hmm. Um, and we would have like renters sometimes that would take the back room and um, we just had a curtain. Um, I don't know. I, 
<laughs> I, I'll, I'll I'll wear a robe if I'm amongst people that I don't that I'm doing it for them. You know. <laughs> do you have a little fun with the whole thing though? Like if you do have renters or like when you were acquiring roommates or becoming part of a household, mm-hmm. do you bring it up first? Like prior to the arrangement and then, or do you just kind of like, hey, by the way, now that we're already living together. No, I definitely (laughs) give a heads up and a check in with them, like, um, to, to, to gauge their comfort, comfortability. (laughs) Um, and I'll do my best to not make them feel uncomfortable. Um, they are paying at least, you know. (laughs) So when your your parents had, you know, like a their version of sex education with you, do you remember mm-hmm. how old you were when this happened? Um probably 5 or 6. Oh, wow, that's really young. Yeah. I mean, I like just in from my informal research or like mm-hmm. even just mm-hmm. talking with friends no, or whatever. No, very progressive family. Yeah. Yeah. Um So and but it was but did you understand it? I mean, I know what you yeah, were saying I when did. you were talking about like conceptually having a different. There was like, this really entertaining cartoon that they showed us oh. that had, um, you know, sort of like, uh, um, like the whole egg and the sperm journey thing that that was all animated, but the actual like. There was there was canoodling on a bed of these two <laughs> cartoon characters, and then the closer they got, the, the they would pull the covers up over them, and then the, the 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 frame would zoom in on the blanket, and on the squares in the blanket mm-hmm. were two cats like rubbing against each other like in a very like affectionate way. And that was sort of like the, the, the innuendo that sexy things were happening. And it was, I have such a like emblazoned in my memory. It was very entertaining. Did that carry through with you when you started having sex with other people where like a blanket needed to be involved? You would be surprised. I had my first sex dream mm-hmm. um, when I was in fourth grade. And I had this crush on the girl that sat across me in homeroom. Mm-hmm. And I, in the dream, were lying down together, making really intense eyes at each other. Uh, not even making out, just like really intense eyes. <laughs> and and I'm not, we're not like getting physically close to each other, but we're under a blanket. <laughs> I never put it together like that. <laughs> but like, I was like, we're having sex because we're like having this really intense moment <laughs> under a blanket. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Man. So you're the first person that I've spoken to that would describe their family as progressive. And certainly, like I said, the the youngest, most of them, like there's, there's either no conversation or the conversation happens too late. Or when it happens, it's like, it's so awkward and, uh, vague (laughs) right like with the discomfort of the parent that like nothing is effectively communicated so given that like when sex was described to or introduced or even you know in the years that Mm -hmm. that followed that was it just like this heterosexual idea of sex or they were had a, a like a broader perspective even then for you as a child of like talking about the 
kind of the spectrum of sexuality right, and right. things? Um, I know that they were, <laughs> they had their suspicions about me <laughs> as far as they thought I was going to turn out to be uh, gay and whatnot. Um, that um, they talked about alternative sexualities mm. at some point. I don't know whether it was part of the sex conversation or not, but it was probably more related to like cultural sensitivity conversations. Mm. Um, a very worldly kind of upbringing, you know, they would just, they would say. Um, however, I remember very early on my parents saying some very negative things about kink people mm. and poly people and trans people. Um, and I was very, um, uh, yeah, I remember that very vividly and, and, and felt very, uh, like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they came around on the trans issue once it was on Oprah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of validated it for them. Uh, and... When I came out as bisexual, they were like, yeah, we figured. Mm. <laughs> like, um, but when the kink stuff and the poly stuff and the sex worker stuff came up, that's when they were like, you know, you don't have to tell us everything. <laughs> you know, I was like this open book of just like enthusiasm right. and, and, and advocacy and wanting to like, you know, turn over all the rocks and just like <laughs> let everything like scurry away. And there is like, you know what? Sex is kind of a private thing for us. And you can just, <laughs> just, just as long as you're safe. <laughs> and sort of like, sort of close the door on that conversation. Yeah. So. But how, I mean, I, do you have a good relationship with your parents right now? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, uh, my mom more so than my dad. My dad has gotten rather curmudgeonly in his old age. But um, I talk with my mom fairly regularly. And, um, and yeah, she's wonderful. Can I ask how old you are? I'm about to be 36. Really? You yeah. look you look very young. So <laughs> I I was just wondering because um so okay so you mentioned a lot of communities so how and it sounds like you mentioned them in a way that suggests that you have familiarity that is suggestive mm -hmm. of a certain amount of time of which I don't know what that is but so <laughs> <laughs> so for how long have you been? Or have you identified with a community or feel like you've participated in a community? Mm -hmm. Like, how long has that been a part of your life? I came out... Well, I was goth as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And that exposed me to some sort of alternative sexual practices. Like, I lost my virginity at a, at a fivesome, you know, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, uh, and so that was, you know, when I was 13 or whatever. Um, um, get... Getting to college, I came out as trans in, like, the first year. Mm. Um, so that was, like, 2003, 2004. Um, I transferred up to um, Ottawa, Ontario to finish my studies, and I got involved in the kink community there, so that was about 2007. Mm. Um, around 2008, I started exploring with sex work, and I started working in, at a strip club in, or a sex club in Toronto. Um, and I'm still rather um, active as a sex worker. Um, and that's where I dated my first couple. 
was people that I met at the King um, Club mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Um, and yeah, the poly community sort of gradually encroached on my livelihood from there. Um, when I came to New York, I was very, you know, full on into the kink scene and the poly scene. Um, and I think it was, hmm, I was pretty much just doing kink parties um, for a while. But I think when I came and I got engaged and was practicing monogamist for like three years, um, and that didn't work out. <laughs> um, we opened it up, but it gradually just dissolved. Mm. Um, when I came back to the kink scene um, and the sex positive scene, I started going to sex parties like properly. And that's mm. when I feel like I had my first real like... Um, getting my needs met kind of feeling. Yeah. Like I've come home kind of feeling. And I think that was... Um, when was that? That was maybe 2016. So. You have way more experience, like active focus experience. <laughs> I'm a very mindful person. Very like methodical about like, I'm going to find this community and piggyback on that and like, network. <laughs> so when you talk about the, the kink community, like what, is it more like the spirit and the ethos of the community or are there specific kinks that you have where you're happy to be amongst people that share your interests or at least don't, hmm. you know, judge it? Like what, what is it for you? That's really interesting. I think it's actually the mindset that attracts me the most. Um, I went into the kink scene without anything really on top on my mind hmm. as far as like what I wanted to explore. Hmm. Uh, I went to my first party and saw people getting flogged and I was sort of pouting because no one was asking me to play and the guy who was flogging people like came up and chatted me up and and offered to play with me and I had my first king scene on the St. Andrew's Cross and I had a great time and it's one of my favorite kinks still. Mm. Um, I don't really think of it as a kink. It's really just like because I, I did massage, I went to massage school, and so it's really just like another form of body work, in my opinion. Whenever people get flogged by me, they're like, it felt like a massage, because I know the anatomy, and I know how to, like, time and, and do the rhythmic um, sort of build up that the, that the body naturally, you know, gets into that vibe. Um, I actually really hated flogging to music, because it's like the, the human body does not keep a regular meter (laughs) you know you need to be able to like vibe with the rhythms of the body but anyway that's a little personal thing (laughs) (laughs) so i had just lost my turn thought where i was going with this um my foot well no go ahead i want you to continue (laughs) i've always had a foot fetish Mm -hmm. uh one of my first four days into the sex work thing was a foot party Mm -hmm. uh, before i got kicked out for being trans you're really? Yeah, it was really unfortunate. Fuck. Um, uh, but I mean, like, you have to think about, like, the clientele and the fact that they're there for a specific reason and it's not advertised as trans-inclusive, so they're not there looking for trans people. Right. And so, like... But I, I feel just... I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, getting into the semantics of the language, but yeah. if you say a sex party, it does not equate to me as, like, 
arranging for the services of something, you know, like mm-hmm. even though there are transactions involved in getting there, it just seems mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. You, I don't know. As a person who organizes space and, and has to deal with a lot of advertising, I, I recognize the, the plight of the event coordinators right. <laughs> and how they're like, well, the clientele are going to make, like the ones that we have are looking for cis women. And so you need yeah. to be a cis woman to be here providing services. So it, uh, it didn't feel good at the time, but uh, with, with um, perspective, I've become more empathetic. Um, but, oh, the thing I was going to say, um, 16 years old, mm-hmm. my first, like, play, like, kinky play that I ever had with somebody was with ice, <laughs> like, using ice cubes and, and, and like, <clears throat> teasing my girlfriend with, with, like, ice on her own sides of her breasts mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, oh, I'm just thinking of all the funny kink stories <laughs> I have from childhood. I remember being 13 at a, at a goth club and like like just you know standing on the side of the um you know the mosh pit was happening and i was off to the side at this concert and this girl named tiger Mm. comes up to me makes eye contact with me no words just attacks my (laughs) my neck and gives me the most intense bite i've ever experienced Mm. i'm in shock (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm not pushing her away. I'm like, just like seeing white, mm. you know, it's just like total, like does not compute. She lets go, makes eye contact again and says, can I do the other side? And I go, <laughs> no, and I just push her away. And I was like, what the hell just happened? But I, that's, that's, so that's me as a 13 year old. But it, you describe it with this glee and this delight so on your funny. face. It was just so funny. <laughs> Um, I know. Um, and I do enjoy biting. I do like a little bit more warm up than she gave me. <laughs> and I do like random hookups from people like, uh, you know, where it's like, just like no explanation and just like latch onto somebody. I thought that was very exciting, but it was really beyond my, my scope at the moment. I was quite green and like, not really <laughs> prepared. <laughs> But looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. (laughs) So let's go back to the little detail that you just kind of were, you know, you spoke in such like a nonchalant way, but I definitely picked up. So you lost your virginity in a fivesome? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me more. It's actually a sad story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is why I gloss over it. Okay, fair enough. Um, the sad thing is, is um, the girl I was dating at the time. See, the thing about me and Polly is, I've been trying to push my partners to be open since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I even had the, the vocabulary, I was interested in open relationships. Mm. So I was. Um, I had a conversation with her, and I thought I got the okay to like, play with other people. Yeah. Um, apparently, I hadn't, <laughs> um, because the day after the fivesome, I call up my girlfriend. I was like, "You'll never guess what happened to me last night." And I was at this party, and like such and such happened, and I lost my virginity, and like you know such and such was there, and and she was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, go back." 
you lost your virginity last night Mm -hmm. to someone else? And she was just like, a shadow of somber tone came over the phone. And I was like, oh shit, (laughs) I've done something wrong. What a, wait, wait. How do I dig myself out of this? <laughs> I don't know what. Like I'm just like crazy. Um, so it actually ended up splitting us up. But um, but now is it because you lost your virginity? Is that's it to my say, question? I'm right? wondering like if you had just was... made out with a bunch of people, that would have been fine. I wonder. I do wonder. Um, and I wonder if I lost my virginity to her prior. Yeah. If the sex with someone else wouldn't have been such an infringement. Right. But we'll never know. So what was the conversation that you had with her prior to that that made you feel like you had cleared the way? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Basically, I had said, um, if I had gotten involved with with someone else, um... how would you feel about that or something to that effect? And her response was, well, so long as you always came back to me, mm. I think that would be, okay. I don't know if she said that would be okay, but she was like, maybe it was in her thought that we'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe she was into like <clears throat> having this, I mean, I imagine her side of the conversation is me saying, what if I cheated on you? Right. Would that be at the end of our relationship? Whereas on my side of the conversation, I was like, if I go play with other people, right. is that totally cool? <laughs> and so we're having two different conversations. Yeah. Um, so, but do you want to hear the actual story about the fivesome? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've sort of like buried the lead a bit. Um, so I had this huge crush on this guy named Steven. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I had sort of been trying to seduce him over like the, the course of several like hangouts with him and he was sort of skittish and not really like jumping into things with me. Um, and he had mentioned that his cousin, um, was, you know, having like a get together this one night. And her boyfriend was there, and this woman, Kat, was there. Mm. And we went over to, like, hang out. And um, I don't know really what I was expecting, but I was just sort of, I was interested in Steven, and so I just, like, went along with it. And um, we went out to play pool for a while, and there was, like, flirtations. And I think Kat started to start flirting with me. Um and there sort of developed to the, be this little love triangle between Stephen, Cat, and myself, where Cat was interested in me, I was interested in Stephen, and Stephen was interested <laughs> in Cat. And um, we get back to his cousin's place, and um, his cousin and her boyfriend were on one couch, and they start fucking. And I start looking over at. Kat and Steven, and the two of them are starting to make out. And I'm sort of like this fifth wheel. And I'm trying to angle in to get, like, action with Steven. Because I'm like, Steven's prop finally being sexy in Mm -hmm. the same room that I am. So here's my opportunity. Um, I wasn't good at conversation, like, (laughs) 
communicating my needs yet. I like it was still really awkward. Um, um, but anyway, so the, the three of us are sort of making out and doing things on the other couch. And um, the more attention I give Stephen, the more he sort of passes me off to Kat. And I'm sort of not really very strong-willed, and so I'm just like, okay, because like <laughs> I'm at a five-stone, and like I don't really know the rules yet. And um, I'm really not interested in Kat, but I'm like curious about bodies, and so I start going down on her. So everybody at this point is all naked? Everyone? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm going down on her, and um, somehow, um, oh, I, oh, there was another time where the three of us were on the floor, and Steven actually goes down on me while, while I'm, like, doing something with Kat, and that was fun. Um, but the funny part is um, I, I end up being in the and, um putting on a condom and penetrating cat. Mm. And in my head, I'm going like, this is new. <laughs> um, and I come so fast. <laughs> and, um, but she's not done. And so she's like, I don't know what she's doing. She's just like fucking my flaccid dick for like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not paying attention at this point. I'm just like, eh, this is still happening. I don't really know what to do. <laughs> News for me. Um, um, the cousin's mom, who has been in the other room this entire time, wakes up <laughs> and comes into this, the living room where we all are and stands in the center of the living room for quite some time before anyone <laughs> notices her. <laughs> and Kat's, like, bouncing on my lap, like, blocking my view. And so, like, I hear this booming voice of, like, of... Are you guys going to stop or what? Or, like, she says something. And I am just like, what? Cat, you know, you know, dismounts and falls off of me. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with, like, a spent condom on my cock for, like, the entirety of the conversation of her mom. Like, she's not, like, shaming us or, like, telling us we're doing something wrong. But, like, she's just, like, she's just... Standing there in the living room with all these naked people just, like, talking at us. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're all feeling really, like, bashful and, and embarrassed. And I don't really know what's going on. I don't remember any of it after that. But no real, like, payoff with Steve then. No real payoff with Steve. <laughs> and when Steve learns that I have this girlfriend that, like, has, like, this negative response to it, he was like, yeah, like, what were you doing? Like, what's the matter with you kind of attitude? And I'm like, mm. I did confusing <laughs> i don't know why i thought it was okay it was a real yentl situation before like the cousin and <laughs> their boyfriend have you ever seen yentl um i've maybe seen scenes but not enough of it to oh, anyway it used to be my favorite movie when i was yeah. like six okay and then i watched it as an adult and i was like wow this sure explains a lot oh no <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you, but oh, basically the situation yeah. that you were describing, like you like this person and they like that person and blah, 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 and the mix of genders, uh -huh. but that mixed with like 
Judaism and um, somebody playing a man that's a woman. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, it's fascinating. And there's the singing because Barbara Streisand and yeah. whatever. And I think it's Richard Chamberlain and um, Amy Irving. Okay. Anyway, you should watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar... Well, it wasn't exactly... But um, in high school, I remember I was dating this guy for a long time. And when I had my first threesome, um, I, I I didn't ask... I didn't like try to have the conversation that you were having, but I had this base instinct that I just assumed everyone shared, which it was like, if you're in a relationship with somebody like that's, that's one thing. But then if you do anything else with somebody of a different gender or like a different situation, like with multiples or whatever, mm-hmm. that's another thing. And that doesn't count as cheating. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's multiple people, it doesn't count. Right. So I wonder if I'm not a good... cheating with one other man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But even if like I had slept with a girl and I'm dating a man, that doesn't count. Right. Right. If right. I have sex Logic. with five guys at once and I'm dating a man, that still doesn't count. Right. Right. And, you know, anyway, he did have was like, your girlfriend did not share this. No, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about your transition, like what the experience was like for you? Because you said you came out fairly young. I mean, do you, did it feel young to you or it felt like something that you knew and were kind of living with and trying to... Are you talking about gender transition? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Um, it was almost instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cross-dressed as a teenager um, because I was into goth and Marilyn Manson and just like just exploring um, uh, the the gender play there. No idea about transgender stuff. Mm-hmm. I re- I had never even considered it. Like transsexuals were 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 freaks on Jerry Springer, mm-hmm. and I had no uh, affinity for that lifestyle. Um, I get to Oberlin, and I go to the first like queer like. All of the all of the the student clubs mm. are all there. Yeah, and the the transgender advocacy group could like stand up, and they're like, "Hey, we're tag," and <laughs> da, 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 and they're they're so adorable, and I and I and I like behold my first trans person, mm. and I'm just like, I should be there, <laughs> and I go and I you know I go to their meetings and like. It wasn't, uh, you know, maybe a couple of months. I think it was October mm-hmm. of that year that in the middle of one of the support groups, I turned to one of the facilitators and I was like, I think I'm a woman. And he used um, female pronouns with me for the first time. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling that. Okay. <laughs> um, and by January of the next year, I had switched out my entire wardrobe. And, and that summer I was on HRT and I, I went home to my parents and not even thinking a thing about it was just like, oh my gosh. So I discovered I'm a woman right. and like, just like breezed right past it. <laughs> and my brothers who are like in the kitchen in the other room, like bolt into the room and was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, they were actually one of the earlier supporters of my gender transition, my family. Um, my parents took a lot longer to get come around to the idea. But um, they was like, well, you seem really happy. So yeah. <laughs> must be good. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, but yeah, like I said, it was pretty, pretty instantaneous. 
um, being at Oberlin is like, you know, a queer paradise where you're getting like all of the absolute support, just like all of the validation. Um, I would get um, yelled at or called names from the townies sometimes, Mm -hmm. but um, for the most part, it was a really... um, painless experience which i am so blessed and privileged to be able to have that kind of journey um and um and i started passing really well and by the time i had transferred to ottawa um i actually was kind of in the closet again and i had to like navigate telling boyfriends and um but I eventually, once I did, once I got into sex work, I was like, if I'm going to be an out sex worker, like a political advocate here, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for me to be a closeted trans person at the same time. So I became an out trans person. So what is it like? Did you have immediate like taking the hormone therapy, the effect mm-hmm. on your body? Because you you have breasts, and actually we totally skipped over the fact we met each other at an orgy, mm-hmm. which by the way, so I've seen them not just noticing them in your shirt right now <laughs> but have you had top surgery or this no. is all this is just hormones this is all hormones are you considering surgery like what are your thoughts about your body do you have any dysmorphia or um that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i um i'm not a big fan of surgery i um definitely don't like the feeling of silicone breasts hmm. um even when i was much skinnier and I, I was much flatter yeah um with my little double a's <laughs> yay um i i still felt very strongly that i was never going to get top surgery um i was a dancer though mm-hmm. and the the whole drag technique of tucking mm-hmm. was not cutting it and so i went and got an orchiectomy fairly early on. And what is that? Uh, just removal of the testes. And so I did that in 2005, I think. Um, so I still have a cock, but I don't have testes. And I sort of just, because I'm still not impressed with the technology around vaginoplasty. Yeah. Um, and it just, I, I enjoy being more sexually functional than I feel like the vaginoplasty would, would permit. Mm. Um, I think my ideal situation is, you know, closer to like vaginal transplant maybe, mm. where like you have like all of the musculature and the tissue quality like right. it's not just an inverted penis it's it's um um because I, I think vaginas are are just magical and and have like this uh, the, the secretions and the and the you know the the vaginal floor and like the the, the whole structure of the of the clitoris within is just like th- that's what i want right. i don't need to like receive a penis like for the sake of you know uh, for that, um, it's 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 really about actually. Let's think. If I had to do anything, I would just have a clitoris, you know. 
Um, I don't really care with about just like a smooth patch, like a Ken doll or a Barbie doll. <laughs> with a <with the> clitoris. <laughs> but, but I mean, like um, the under part, like the taint area. Yeah, just I don't be... know. Um, so that's why I cut my <laughs> cock because I was just like, this is, you know, once I, you know, with, with all the proper biological education around like how the, the tissue of the penis and the, and the clitoris are very uh, similar and mm-hmm. how they function. I was just like, well, I would be getting rid of a lot of that tissue yeah. in order to do this vaginoplasty thing. And it just didn't add up. So in your, your personal sex life, cause you mentioned you do sex work. So in your, mm-hmm. your personal life though, do you use your penis while you're having sex with partners? Um, yeah. Um, and it took me a while to get there. I, you know, for the first few years, I was like, it's very dainty. And like, it was very much like it. Don't treat it like a cock. Don't do mm-hmm. like, like jerking motions and like treat it like a shaft. Like you, like it needed to be much more like languid and like tongue all over the place and not like mouth on top sort of thing. Um, but that couple that I was dating, um, they, um, funny little anecdote, they um, are both very hard to make come hmm. and so both of them are extremely good at oral sex hmm. because they've learned how to make their partners come and they're both a lot of work yeah so i'm having a threesome with them at some point and um the woman uh is doing such amazing things to my cock that i just don't stop her even though she's doing things that i had previously like described as like you know uncomfortable right um, that after she was done, she turns to her partner and he's wanting to go down on me. And he's just like, so pointers, how do I treat it? And, and she's like, it's just a cock. Just treat it like a cock. <laughs> and when she said that, I was just like, uh, you're pretty much right. Okay. I should probably stop being so fussy about this and just like let people play with me and what make, what sense makes sense for them. Is it, I mean, is it something that you that gets in the way when you're having sex, especially with a new partner. I mean, I imagine if it is something that, you know, there are things that you would prefer not to happen or would happen or whatever, like there's a conversation about that before, Um, or is it something you just kind of navigate on the fly? I am, after I got involved in porn, I, nothing phases me anymore. Yeah. Like that's when I stopped like fussing about what it was called. And I'm just like, it's a cock. And that's, comfortable phrase for me turn of or word for me and um i don't like topping men so i'm a bottom but i do penetrate my female partners mm-hmm. um and i have topped some and i like like anal sex wise like other trans women um for porn reasons um but it uh but yeah, my my interest in in men is usually as a receiver, as a bottom. Is it is there a big difference between things that you do for work versus things that you prefer personally? Not really. I um my whole brand as a sex worker is very like authentic, genuine girlfriend next door. Um, the first few years as a sex worker, I was kind of trying to like maintain like sort of an identity distinction between myself and myself um, when I'm with clients. Um, and I went on a hiatus actually for a couple of years when I was with that girlfriend where I was monogamous. Um, uh, but when I went back to sex work, I was just like, 
that's so much work. And, and I feel really good. Like I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Like I'm not really worried that like, I'm going to like lose myself in my work. Mm. So it just made sense to that, just have the best sex I could have. And, um, and it really helps me to like, you know, like the whole, the ideal situation for sex workers is that they would never do anything on the clock that they wouldn't otherwise do. Right. Because it's, it's sort of like this self exploitation thing that I don't think is very healthy. Mm. And so the fact that I'm so focused on my own sexual experience when I'm with clients, like, like when they want me to do something that I don't really feel like doing, it's really easy for me to be like, no, I don't really feel like doing that. (laughs) So I think it actually has made me healthier as a sex worker. Sounds like you're probably really good at like interpersonal communication. Right? <laughs> um, I, it's it's very important. I and I I've started to like teach sexy workshops and and um, um yeah, the more work I like my my art and my sex life are very similar, and so mm-hmm. the more work I do as an artist, where I'm like guiding people through vulnerability. And um, an improvisation and having to like navigate boundaries there, the better I am in the in my sex life as well. Um, they, they they feed each other. <laughs> so, what kind of topics do you do sexy workshops on? Uh, the first one I did was uh, just a sensual massage. Um, the I haven't done it yet because my collaborator pulled out of the project. But I um, would ideally do like my ideal like sex workshop was around. I have to remember now, like little like <laughs> taglines and and things of. Um, I think it was called fingers and tongues mm-hmm. was the workshop, and it was about embodiment and and. Um, when you're with your partner, like the whole like energetic syncing up with them and not feeling like you're having to perform for them Mm -hmm. and doing things that like finding the pleasure in your fingertips as you touch your partner. Mm. And, um, I had gone to orgasmic meditation things and, um, what was the other one? Tantra? Because it sounds, well, I mean, the way, I, I'm not... A lot of people compare it with Tantra. Yeah. I don't have any actual firsthand experience with Tantra. Right. I've done a lot. I've read about it. But, like, it's, I've always been an energy healer type person, very intuitive about it. Um, I feel like there's so much ritual involved in Tantra that I'm not, like, really allowed to call my work Tantra. Mm. So I've had to, like, use other words. Uh, um... um but yeah, um, my favorite sexy um, anecdote for, for workshops was um, as part of a, a festival I was doing on performance art, and uh, we had a sexy workshop on the Saturday afternoon, and this couple was there with um, me and my co-facilitator, and I was guiding this man to like not seduce, but was like, you know, like stroke and, and, and go down on his wife. And it was like, 
I'm a musician. And so like, I have like this association with like a masterclass mm -hmm. of having like some expert, like guide you through your, this very challenging, complicated process. And I felt like I was giving this guy a masterclass in his wife <laughs> and it felt so fun. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I was just on, I was just elated. And, um, the next time I saw him, he like was so excited because he was like, <laughs> Based on the stuff you taught me in that workshop, I gave my my wife uh, an orgasm just through nipple play. And I was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt very validated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, the more recent things I've done have been erotic life drawing. I, I, I model for... Um, painters and sketch artists uh, in my day job. And I noticed that this one art studio was having, where they were drawing from pornography. Hmm. They had like this little like porn workshop that they were doing. And I was, I, I was like, that's really interesting. So in this workshop though, they were actually drawing from porn that they were viewing or they were they having were, they it recreated like, in front of them? I'm getting there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm excited <laughs> to hear this one. Okay. I know that I wasn't excited to hear the other things, but yeah, I have a yeah. special soft spot for this. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, I was saw this woman drawing from like the Karma Sutra uh -huh. or like, you know, some sort of like two dimensional pornography. And I started chatting up the organizer and I was like, would you guys be interested in like, like a live sex show? Like, would you, would you like want to draw like live people having sex? And her eyes got so big. Like I just read her mind. Like she had read books about like these artist collectives that would have like these sexy nights where they would draw people having sex. Mm -hmm. And there were, it was sort of like this, she just didn't know how she was going to navigate, like facilitating that to happen. And here I was yeah. just like dropping it in her lap. Um, I was like, yeah, I've got partners that would be totally into this. And um, and I started doing these erotic performances for the for the for the artists. Yeah. And um, and these are independent artists or they're with a school or like an um, it's a it's a league? cooperative. All right. It's a cooperative and um, it's a it's an art studio that sort of has like a collective of people that run it. And. Um, and so they so, dictate things because I'm. I, I have more experience, <laughs> but I mean, are they like, okay, we're going to do a five minute scene now, or we'd like to do a 20. Cause I mean, normally when you have a mm -hmm. art model or whatever, it's like you've have designated. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to get to that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, your, your mind is just like right there. Um, I, um, basically what I thought, I, the way I approached it is because they didn't want us to be like posed. Mm -hmm. Um, and they didn't want us to be just like, totally free form either. So I, I came up with this idea of doing like five minute meditative things where like we, are, we aren't changing our body orientation very much, but we're still like very much having like an active sex scene together. So um, I'll like lie down next to my partner, she'll lie back and I'll start fingering her and I'll be stroking her body mm -hmm. and like these sort of things. And like the artists are able to get like the contours of the body and sort of like the the... the the anatomy of it all right. of, of like this arms there, that body, that legs there, but the, the sort of intangible quality of our intimacy is like, you know, translated in the, you know, the quality of the stroke or whatever, like, like that. Um, and, and it would be very organic. Like we would just like do that for a while. And mm. then I would just sort of 
shift my partner into another thing and and you know it's just sort of like finding place of of rest where you're not moving too much yeah and and having sex that way does anyone ever come and you're like god damn it we had 10 more minutes left is it uh, how do you mean? well i mean like <laughs> <laughs> like if there's you're you're engaging in whatever activity mm-hmm. in whatever positions mm-hmm. and it's for x amount of time mm-hmm. is it ever does somebody ever like get too excited you know it is not able to or i mean it just kind of comes by surprise and it happens before the scene was supposed to you know like it happens at the five minute mark instead of the 10 minute mark or something like that. um no one's on the clock and it's pretty much my i i pretty much just run it based on my own like sense of time does anyone come at all you're talking about orgasms yeah um uh I don't know if anyone's had an orgasm as part of the performance. I feel like that is fairly ambitious. Um, I think what we're usually doing is performing sex uh, or performing intimacy Mm -hmm. um, and finding ways to express that. Um, There's definitely like... I think energetic releases, but I don't know that anyone's just like had like their O face captured in a, on a <laughs> canvas per se. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of time with these models to yeah. like coach them into like really like um, taking it to the next level. Um, but I have aspirations. <laughs> For, you know, when I'm working in video, I have aspirations to, to have, like, really beautiful, organic orgasms. So the porn you do, is it stuff that you're producing yourself, or these are independent, or, like, um, what, what kind of stuff? All of the above. Um, I'm working to build up my connections in the, in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, and finding the right models... Ideally, I would be just a director, but I find that I have to be in most of the scenes just because I'm sort of like responsible for everything and the tone needs to be a certain way. Mm. um, This is very similar to my music and the fact that I tend to have to play with my musicians for a while before they like can play in my idiom, so Mm. to speak. So Uh, what kind of tone are you attempting to create or capture? Yeah, um... The inhibitions of sex, Hmm. Um, the, I think the excitement of, of letting down the, you know, people's guard that I I have noticed that in order to orgasm, most people have to be extraordinarily vulnerable. Hmm. And uh, I think teasing out that quality over the entire sexual experience is really fascinating to me. Um, <laughs> I'm going into so many things. I was, um, the interesting thing for me as a choreographer is um, how to create a scene that allows for really spectacular videography Mm -hmm. 
while still allowing for really extreme powerful intimacy like not the you know like really uncomfortable positions that you see current porn actors yeah. like stumbling through um so i really i started exploring sex furniture and how to design sex furniture that would facilitate a much more spectacular but organic sexual experience mm-hmm. and i had like this big um performance art venue that I, I i had gone through all these different networking ventures of like finding the venue that's going to allow me to fuck on their at their venue like for a, a live audience um and i found one <laughs> amazingly and i started designing the, um the, something called the sex tower mm-hmm. and i and i started building you know scale models of it and i was just like really invested in it and um, I, I, I'm just an ideas person, and I suck at raising money. We have so much to talk about. Like, <laughs> I don't know if we have time. To, yeah, we're, there's going to be things we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, getting back to, like, the, the details of, of the porn, are you – do you ever use a story, or are you trying to capture – because it sounds like you're trying to capture something that's very authentic, mm-hmm. Um. And, like, definitely, like, a quality of, of what real connection and intimacy is and, like, recreating that for mm-hmm. the purpose of being able to capture it. Is it that? And it also happens to be provocative. Like, is your audience you? Like, what are you thinking about when mm-hmm. you do it? Because you mentioned you're doing, like, different types of porn. So mm-hmm. aside from those things, like, what are the other things that you're doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. Where do I start? Um Stories or no? Um, I'm not really big on the stories. Um, I don't... Um, like, so much can be told about a relationship between two people just based on the quality of touch that they mm-hmm. experience. Like, as a choreographer, I do this thing called erotic tandem dancing, which looks a lot like sex mm. um, and was conceived of as sex, but is is what me and my girlfriend do as as dancers right now and as soon as i make contact with her skin with my like people the whole audience just like they know exactly where we are Mm. and i don't feel the need to like create a narrative to like support that right so i think what i'm looking to do is 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 like the visceral like and 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 the really interesting thing is like talking to a videographer how do you structure a camera angle with right. lens and color and texture that's going to convey like the potency of that moment as well. So it's not just having amazing actors. It's also like this whole, the whole team is like thinking really outside the box of, of how to create this erotic art form. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting to me. Um, other sexy things that I work on, um, I've done, you know, as a sex worker, I've been contacted by the stroker websites, Hmm. you know, the shemale websites that are not at all interesting to me, but it's a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, in Canada, the sex club that I was working at had like a little DVD series of shemales, hardcore or something like that and I had a girlfriend that was working with me at that club and she and I would do live sex shows together mm-hmm. and we would we've done some some videos together um where 
we were given very like free reign over the space. Um, um, I think that might be it. I don't think, I mean, I was in a, a tickling video once. <laughs> that was fun. The, were you the tickler or the tickly? Tickly. <laughs> That's a really fun word that I've never said before. Yeah. <laughs> With the shemale stuff, which the, that, I mean, it, it it's, it sounds offensive to me. I can't imagine how it must make you. Do you, I mean, what are your thoughts about it? Is it another one of those things where, like, you just, in your yeah activity, you've just become... Desensitized kind of, yeah. to it. Yeah. I don't use the word myself. Um, whenever I come across somebody that's using that word for me, I'm yeah. like, you have, you don't know actual trans people in your life. You know porn. And that's where I, how I, this is sort of like a... Um, a marker that they wear this like i only watch a lot of porn right. um and so um but yeah it's 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 just a industry lingo and for those sites that that use that language are the sets as you would expect like there are people that are of that ilk like that's how they think of of trans people or they're like actually surprisingly progressive on set and they're just like this is just our audience that we're catering to i i couldn't really say because i've only done solo scenes on that front i've um yeah i've i've tried to orchestrate um duo scenes but it just hasn't come together yet do you feel just because, and if this is insensitive, you know, just let me know. But so having all of your original parts, mm-hmm. do you feel like a hybrid in some senses? Or you feel like regardless of how you're presenting, you know, you are so fully identifying as a woman that it, mm-hmm. it's like your body is almost irrelevant. There was a time when I felt like that. And I was like, this is what a woman's body can look like. Um I think it's funny because I don't, um, I am probably, as a trans person, I'm probably more of a binary thinker than most. Mm. Um, I like my men very, very butch, Mm. and I like my women very feminine. And um, it's... um, Whenever I am, you know, conceiving of my body in a sexy way, um, yeah, it it does kind of mix together a bit, and like the whole hybrid concept does still like sort of hold for me. Um, when I'm there's this one really fun sex position um, when I'm with a, a, a cis woman where like they're. Um, it's there's i heard someone once call it banana boating (laughs) where the cock isn't penetrating but it's like riding between the 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 lips of the vulva and um it's sort of i'm doing that but like uh with myself uh lying down and and my partner sort of like riding me cowgirl style and i'm um stroking my cock feverishly but as but i'm like positioning her body such that it looks like from my perspective that I'm stroking her cock Hmm. and there's like this um this sort of like energetic transfer of genitalia that becomes very Hmm. interesting to play with yeah um 
that um yeah it's so so like the whole body parts which you know cock vulva breast ass like it, it all just becomes like this um <laughs> funny puzzle do you so you said you're you're pretty binary and like how you perceive or i how i date my preferences you, oh, that's and, yeah an easier way of <laughs> yeah like i totally that. don't don't get me like wrong about like the i see the the gender spectrum absolutely right but you don't have an interest word. in dating another trans woman i have one i've dated some trans women um um and it has it's i'm much fussier about it um in it, what way uh, the personalities have to be really on on point. Yeah. Um, the attraction just isn't as organic for me. Um, so you know, some like the Kinsey scale, where people are like, I, it's easy for me to like find women attractive, and like sometimes men, if mm. they're like really hot or whatever, like I could like have a whole like stair step all the way down the gender. Right. So when you masturbate. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you masturbate? Hmm. I used to be really into self-penetration. Like, that's how I, like, really, like, enjoyed it as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was as late as 2014 that I was still using a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately my girlfriend brought my vibrator and she broke it (laughs) and I never replaced it. And so I don't really like, like it's a lot of work to like just use a dildo. Mm. Um, I really like a lot of stimulation. What were you using? What was your, your, your toy that was so special? Uh, The, what that got broken. Oh, uh, it was like a Lilo. Um, it was like a, their normal one. That's like the, yeah, like it's nice. <laughs> and, and it had the additional like clitoral stimulation, right. like, like a nub, not, thing. not a nub, but, but like, like a, a, it's almost like a, I want to say pedal, like a, like a yeah, hole, like, yeah. like, like it's very <laughs> flowerly. Um, uh, yeah, I was using that. Um, but, um, yeah, for the most part nowadays, it's just, um, if I'm feeling really, like, randy, um, then I'll, like, penetrate myself with my fingers. Um, but for the most part, I'm just doing um, penile stimulation um, with my hand. Mm. <laughs> is that something new? Because you said like when you were younger that you were self penetrating. Then is it? Um, but I was. I I had always been doing the manual stimulation. You do it at the same time, or is it like a one or, a, or the other kind together. of together? Yeah. And so, do you feel like there? I mean, because you're very young. I mean, you must feel like there. There's like a whole world of things to try or explore. Do you feel like that, or do you feel like because you've been so exploratory already and and kind of like have your your feet in all these Mm -hmm, communities, mm -hmm. do you feel like you're like living the groove, or you feel like you're still on the quest to find the thing? Oh, I've always felt like I've always had the thing. I've never felt like I was on a quest. All right. I um. Ever since I. What started self-penetrating as a kid, I was just like, ah, this is it. <laughs> this is where it's at. Um, and I have so many kinky friends that, like, will, like, try to introduce me to things, and mm-hmm. I'm like, 
that usually doesn't like you know um pull my hair back um i have this one <laughs> i have this one boyfriend who really likes um um like massive penetration mm. and i'm a size queen and like when he learned that about me he was like really <laughs> I have this entire graduated cock set upstairs that we have to explore. <laughs> and, um, and so we go upstairs and we play and he inserts these massive cocks into me. And um, it's sort of like, you know, Goldilocks and the three bears where I'm just like, yeah, but like this one like feels really good. And he keeps on like pushing me to like take on larger and larger <laughs> cocks. And I was like, I know that's, what you like doing, but <laughs> I just like something that feels really good. Right. So, like, I don't need to, like, you know, do all the micro tears in my, on my, in my <laughs> anus to, like, uh, you know, accommodate larger and larger penises. Um, and so, uh, I, I, that's really funny to me, though, um, that some people, um, um, you know, want to take me on these journeys and, you know, they just, they sometimes work and sometimes don't. Um, it's so funny, actually. I've, um, cause I think of myself as such a, like, this, like, this very like out there person, but like the actual things that get me off are, you know, comparably rather vanilla. <laughs> like what? Um, like my favorite porn to watch is really just, um, Cis man, cis woman, mm. anal penetration. That's like my favorite thing to watch. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there was a time when I was watching porn, like as a teenager, where I was just like, what's the most absurd thing I could, 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 could get off to? Yeah. Um, but, um, how crazy did you get? <laughs> um, Probably bestiality was was sort of like my edge, um, but I think absurd um, penetrations was sort of like something that I actually like kind of enjoyed more so than um, than that. Um, and I was talking with someone just the other day about this, and there's like, what counts as an absurd <laughs> insertion? And I was like, traffic cones, <laughs> like. On the highway, like, like that out sounds in, so unsanitary. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> it was a very strange video, um, but I still had an orgasm. It's very strange. <laughs> I don't, I'm not proud of it, uh, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have one other question. This, uh, this. I feel like I have not asked this enough of people, but it's often <laughs> like sometimes there's not enough room to, to do this and we're, we're pushing the limits of the time. Mm. Um, but when you're watching porn and you said you're, you know, the cis man, cis woman, anal penetration thing. Mm -hmm. Like when I watch porn, I realize the things that I enjoy the most, despite like the spectrum that I watch, is like when I'm witnessing a woman uh, experience what I want to experience. So I'm watching it yeah but i mean it's like it's very specific of like the act that she's experiencing mm -hmm. i guess well I, I don't know articulating this and saying it out loud it sounds so like well duh doesn't everybody but i don't know that that's exactly true but so when you're watching it because mm -hmm. you have a penis but 
because you identify as a woman, mm. who are you? Are you relating like just so wholly to the whole thing that you? Um, yeah, I'm definitely. Um, mm, I'm definitely more relating to the woman. Um, and that's probably why I like watching anal penetrations because mm. I know what that feels like. Right. And so I can like sort of go there with her. Um, but also, um, the really, I, like, the anal penetration still has really good, like, imagery and sensations for, for the vagina and the vulva and the clitoris. And I, and I still, like, get to watch those things mm. and, and, like, really enjoy that. Um, I, I do like anal play with women. Mm-hmm. And so, like, on that side of it, I, I'm in the role of the man. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, it's so funny, like, in, in pornography, like, there's this gravitation towards men that are very well endowed. Um, and I really, as a size queen, I gravitate towards um, watching men that are very well endowed. And as an estrogen-bodied person, I am not well endowed. Um, I... So, like, when I watch porn, I don't really see myself in the role of the man. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, the things that he can do are not things that I could do. Nor would I, I mean, would I want to? I mean, that's a thought. That's interesting. <laughs> but I, it's more as a thought experiment than a, an arousal, really. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, there are other things I want to talk about, but I'm aware of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I had a wonderful time, and you exceeded my expectations. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I really like talking about sex. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening all the way till the end. And while I have your ears, I just wanted to bring some administrative details up. Um, So you may already be aware, you should already be aware if you're a listener of the show, uh, that our host, graphicpaint.com, is going through some changes. We are relaunching as a full-fledged multimedia platform for original and crowdsourced content. Um, So it's going to be really easy for people to submit content in real time, manage profiles, connect with other people, etc. And because the site is changing that's hosting us, we're changing as well. So when the relaunch happens, which is going to be at the very end of this month, if not the very first week of April, uh, sex communication is going to be moving to its own dedicated domain. I'm still working out exactly what that domain is, but um, because that's happening, we're also switching our podcast host provider. So while this new provider claims that the transition is seamless, you never know. Um, So there may be some hiccups. I'm hoping that there won't. But the most important thing to know is that we are going to be having a new domain for you to take note of. We're still going to be available on all the same podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. But we're going to have a new a new domain of our very own. So if you have not already done so, please visit the landing page of graphicpaint.com and sign up for that early access. Um, you know, I've been collecting email addresses and once I have hard dates and the domain locked in and, you know, other pertinent information, I will be sending out messages to everyone who signed up so that they know what I know. Um, so yeah, just 
keep in mind, <laughs> changes are coming. It's all very exciting, but you know, I'm also super stressed because South by Southwest is next week. And it's just a lot. It's so exciting. Everything's happening all at once. Anyway, so thank you again for listening to the show. And until next week, I wish you all. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the show, visit us online at graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email me at sex at graphicpaint.com. I am always looking for new sex audio and people to interview. See you next week.